Dave and Doreen along with Marcus. This is the Morning KLH. And I know, Doreen, you've had a really busy 2023. Doreen discovers you've done so many different things. Yes. This past weekend, I kind of had one of those weekends where I discovered things. Okay, I did what? things this weekend I've never done before. Yesterday, Cindy and I went to the Oak Creek High School production of Cinderella, where we got to see Marcus's son, Ryan, who is uh, part of the band. He's part performs. of the orchestra, yeah. Oh, cool. Part of the orchestra. Very cool. We took two of our granddaughters. But on Saturday, Cindy and I went to the matinee performance of the Milwaukee Ballet's production of The Nutcracker, where we saw this guy's daughter at the young age, I think, of 13, which is really amazing that she's in a Milwaukee Ballet performance at such a young age. Jason Wildey joins us. Jason, that was really spectacular. You have every right to be a very proud parent, you and Paula. Well, we were thrilled that you and Cindy were able to come, and she's really lucky. Maddie is that she's got so many people that came to support her, so we appreciated that. And the one thing that I was really proud of myself, though, was that so she had two shows. She had the matinee that you and Cindy came to. Right. And then she also had a 7.30 show. And Paula and Sydney went back to Green Bay, and I stayed and went by myself. And uh, they had one ticket. I said, give me the best ticket you have for the last show because we get a day of show 50% off discount for having a, uh, a cast member. Right. So I said, I don't know. Whatever the best seat left is, I'll take it. And it was in row B, which beat you guys by one row. I'm <laughs> proud of that. But I, if, if you were to go sit down in row B and maybe you failed to look at the actual letter on the side of the chair, what row would you think row B would be? It would be the first row. Second. Uh, well, second. second row, right? No, yeah. but, I, but you, would think, you would think it's the second row, but it's the first row there because we were in C and we right. were in the second row. Right. Yeah. I knew you would know. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I thought it would be the second row, and it was actually the first row. So I did the I, – oh, I hate it when other people do this to me, <laughs> but people came in, and they're like, are you sure you're in the right seat? Oh, no. And I'm like, of course I am. It's row B. I'm in seat eight right here. Row, <laughs> no, you're in the front row. <laughs> so not only not – only, and here's the worst thing. I don't like to do anything by myself. The girls make fun of me because they – like. Are you lonely? Are you by yourself? I mean, uh-huh. they tease me for it. So I went to a show alone. So I'm like the one weird guy sitting by himself. And then I sat in the wrong seat. So it was, other than that, though, it was a great weekend. And thanks again for coming. It, up, was, it was amazing. All at right. any point, did Madison look at you and go, Dad, you're right there. So she, so that at the end of the show, which, Marcus, I don't want to spoil it for you because I know uh, you guys are, you and Jill are considering coming. But. Um, at the end, you know, there's like the main dances by, uh, Carl and Marie and it's all great, but Maddie is a, she's got two roles and her second role is that she's a citizen of the, of the magical city and her, her group stands and watches the final dance on the stage from the back. And she apparently, she told me afterwards she could see me. She said she winked at me. (laughs) I wanted to, I'm like, Maddie. I, I was staring right at you. I watched you the whole time. I'm so proud of you, but I couldn't tell that you winked at me. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. It's hard to see from the stage. Oh, That's yeah. That's what it is. You know. But she did see you because you were in the front row. You had the Bob Euchre front row seats. All right, so. I used that line, too, to the people around me, and no one got it. Nobody got it? Oh, oh really? Front row, and nobody got no. it. No. I was disappointed. All right, so. Not really a Bob Euchre crowd. I found out from reading 
one of the uh, articles you wrote that Sean Clifford wears his helmet the entire game, the backup quarterback, and why does he do that? God, I'll tell you what. First of all, thanks for reading. God, you're so supportive. i got to get Paula to be supportive <laughs> of my work. Um, so so it, that might be my favorite story of the season so far. So, yeah, so I noticed this a couple weeks ago, and it's not really about Sean Clifford's headwear. I used it to get into a bigger point. But, yeah, he, he wears it on the sideline. He looks like a dork, and he always <laughs> looks like a dork. Uh, but his, he said, I'm going to keep doing it because if, disaster strikes and Jordan Love gets hurt and I got to go in, I'll have been listening to Matt relay the calls to him uh. the same way that I'll be hearing it when I go onto the field, which I thought was a, I thought he made a pretty good argument there. Now yeah. that said, what, what is really interesting to me and what I think it has been part of them improving and their offense getting better is that they are putting a lot more faith in Jordan Love, not to the degree that Aaron Rodgers could do pretty much whatever the hell he wanted at the line of scrimmage, but they're letting Jordan make, make more calls at the line of scrimmage and changing plays from what's been called to do something called a can play. Now, I like to explain this to folks because, you know, not everyone spends most of their life around this team like I have to. Uh, if you're watching the game and you see Jordan Love step to the line of scrimmage and kind of survey the landscape, and then you see him take each of his hands and tap the ear holes of his helmet multiple times, and then you see all the other guys do it, that's called a can play. They call it a can because if the original play call doesn't look like it's going to work against the defensive look they're facing, they can switch to the second play that is kind of attached to the original play. And he's been doing that more and more of late because Matt LaFleur is trusting him more to do that and because all these young guys that are running pass patterns for him have a better clue as to what the heck they're doing after early in the season they kind of kept it simple. Okay, so speaking of improving and getting better and continuing the momentum of winning, how do you do that when you have all these injuries? Your best players are sitting out. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, that's a good question, Doreen, and, and you know everyone's kind of focused on the Jair Alexander situation, which... I've got to be honest, he talked on Friday, and I don't think we got any more clarity as to what the heck's exactly going on with him anyway. But he's got a shoulder injury. They ruled him out yesterday, which very rarely happens. Like, they listed him as questionable, and then they downgraded him to out. So the cool thing is, you know, their defense has played pretty well even without him. Uh, they got two young guys who have kind of filled in. This Corey Ballantyne fella, it's really interesting. He had not played. He's, he's in the league for five years but he had not played on defense in more than two years. He'd been on some special teams, et cetera, but he had not. He's been on six teams in the last three years, and now he's starting for them because Jair Alexander's not out there. So he's done a good job. They got this young guy, Carrington Valentine, who was a seventh-round pick in the spring, who's played really well and has uh, a lot of swagger uh, for a guy that's just gotten to the league. So it's been interesting to see how well they've played. Uh, it'll be also interesting to see if those guys can continue it. I, look, there's a chance, I guess, that Aaron Jones is going to play today. Uh, he's listed as questionable. My gut tells me it's probably going to be another week before he plays. He didn't really do much in team periods of practice. But, yeah, you're right. They're they're overcoming a lot. But you look around the league, and there's a lot of other teams that have a lot of injuries, too. So this would be a very winnable game, I would think, we all would think. But fill in this blank. The Packers lose this game because... 
Well, two things probably, Marcus. One is because they can't stop Saquon Barkley, the really good running back that the Giants have. Um, They've had trouble, obviously, as you know, stopping the run throughout the season. So that would not be all that surprising. And then the other thing is, is that the Giants have forced 11 turnovers in the last three games. Now, six of them were by New England in one game. But nevertheless, you know, the one thing the Packers have, one of the many things the Packers have been doing well lately is not turning the ball over. And if that happens tonight, uh, then you can lose to a team quarterbacked by Danny De- DeVito's long-lost nephew, <laughs> Tommy DeVito. <laughs> and uh, I love when they show his family up in the crowd, too, because like he's got an uncle who looks like Polly Walnuts. His dad, <laughs> his dad looks like Tony Soprano. It's very funny. Yeah, Tommy DeVito. Uh, one of the other things about the Giants, though, if I'm not mistaken, is they blitz an awful lot. How are the Packers at uh, countering that? They do, and this is obviously an instance where uh, they have done it well in some other games this season. The Chiefs do it a lot. They handled that really well. Jordan played really well. Uh, They've done it in a couple of other games where they've picked it up. Everybody seems to want to do that to a young quarterback, and you'll you'll hear Jordan and you'll hear Matt LaFleur talk about how if if the line can provide protection against sending extra rushers, opportunities are there for big plays, and they have taken advantage. Um, I still, every time we talk about the Giants' defense, uh, I have to giggle because their defensive coordinator is Wink Martindale. Wink Martindale, yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with the uh, infamous uh, game show host. Uh, parents who he, clearly he, loved uh, them, him. <laughs> uh, he, and so his, I have to assume, right, like if you have a friend whose last name is Martindale, and you're sure. of a certain age, you nickname him Wink. Like, yes. There's not two guys that were going around going as Wink, right? I mean, <laughs> he saw him on whatever, it was Pressure Luck or whatever game that oh Wink God. used to do. I was just thinking it's a good thing. After your Bob Euchre line about your seats, you didn't look around and go, hey, Wink Martindale. <laughs> 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 Anybody? Anybody? Their offensive coordinator Chuck Woolery. Which yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in two, <laughs> two and two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Wink Martindale. But he used to be, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he the Ravens defensive coordinator? Yep, I mean, this exactly. guy, he's good. Yeah, He's really he's good. very good. And look, the, the, the one of the kind of unsung heroes of these guys turning the season around and winning four out of five and three in a row is that their offensive line has played so much better. I mean, you know, they, they had... Elton Jenkins, who I think is a really good player, get hurt in Atlanta. He then missed the next two games, came back before he should have, and was struggling. And now he's on top of his game. Uh, at left tackle, certainly they'd be better if they had David Bakhtiari. But Rashid Walker has played pretty acceptably, and they've been rotating Yash Nyman in over there. And the right tackle, a kid named Zach Tom, who they drafted last year, you know, I do a show every day with a guy who played right tackle for 11 years for this team, and then every Wednesday, Brian Bulaga, who followed him for 11 more years for wow. these guys. Uh, and so I, I'm I'm with two really, you know, two of the greatest right tackles in Packers history. It's probably Forrest Gregg and then those two knuckleheads. <laughs> and they just love Zach Tom. They just think he's such a good player. And they've forgotten more about offensive line play than I've ever known. So the fact that they think that highly of him tells you how good this kid is. So last weekend we had the sideshow of Taylor Swift showing up at the game. Do we have another sideshow to deal with tonight if Aaron Rodgers shows up to support Jordan Love tonight? (laughs) 
That would be something. Would it? Do you think, Marcus, let me ask you something as a, as a fellow Swifty. Do you think <laughs> Rodgers, you know, making, taking shots at, at Travis Kelsey and um, making fun of him, do you think, I think Rodgers is jealous. Oh, oh, oh for sure. Geez, I'm, yes. not, I'm not even a Swifty and I can see yeah. that a mile away. 100%. I, I'm telling you, Travis Kelsey represents everything that Aaron Rodgers ever wanted to be. The face of the NFL, incredibly popular. And the, the dichotomy between the night that the Jets played the Chiefs and when Taylor Swift was in a box with, like, Bradley Cooper and, like, Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. and and then Rodgers was in another luxury suite all by himself. Right. That had to be, like, that's and that's an Aaron Rodgers nightmare. Absolutely. That's a nightmare right there. And I know he's your friend, but I'm just saying, I, th- I think he's... No, I agree. Yeah, he's... Uh... It's been a rough year for him. This is not going because the other thing that Tausch and I talk about a lot is what do you think he's because he does. Let me let me be let me defend it slightly and say that I think he genuinely likes Jordan and wants to support him. Right now, do I think he wants to see Jordan go out and win like five MVPs and two Super Bowls in his career? I do not. But it's got to be difficult for him because he's still. I swear he hates Brian Gutekunst's guts. Yeah. And it's got to be rough for him to see this team now kind of coming together while he played four whole snaps this season before he ruptured his Achilles. Right. This has this has been the nightmare scenario for him. And, yes, I totally agree. He's definitely jealous of Travis Kelsey. All right. Well, we'll talk later in the week. Hopefully the Packers pull it out tonight and do what they're supposed to. And uh, then we can start talking – I mean, I know playoffs, Jim Mora. Playoffs? playoffs I, yeah. We'll be getting very close to it at that point. All right, Chase, thank you very much for the insight. We always appreciate it. All right, everybody, thank you. Take care. Be good. Jason Wilde, our green and gold insider, co-host of Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Radio, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, and brought to you by Mr. Holland's Home Services. Call 866-992-1717 or mrhollandshomeservices.com. And brought to you by DJ's Transmissions and Milwaukee Muscle Cars and Restoration. Buying vintage rides and muscle cars, visit DJ'sTransmissions.com. Jason Wildey, part of the Morning KLH.